as we um, gather this morning, let's just be reminded that there's lots of friends that would love to know about this resource. There's lots of friends that would love to um, be encouraged and would love to have the confidence that we as believers should have that don't because nobody has ever taken the time to be bold and to share them. One of the favorite statements I've heard all week was from my friend Blake Holmes. Um, when he said at the very end of a conversation he and I were having, he goes, Wagner, he goes, we're not making this up. We are set up. We are set up to do this. I was having a conversation with a, a gentleman, uh, it was a friend, Joel Rosenberg, actually, who um, was going to be with us here in a couple of weeks. And, and he and I were just talking about what we did last fall, how we kind of wargamed, if you will, for this moment, that we uh, put you out there and just said, everybody in your neighborhood needs to know that there's a mission outpost right where you're at that when we gather this way in smaller communities to comfort and encourage one another, there might be a day. I, I had no idea there was gonna be a virus like this that was coming, but we thought maybe just the virus of oppression would one day hit our land. And so we wanted the thousands of locations to be ready. We wanted the myriads of neighborhoods that we represent in Tarrant County and in uh, Collin County and in Dallas County to know that God's people were present. They didn't need to go to a place. They just needed to know by the grace of God people like you just to love them, encourage them. He just goes, Todd, I don't know anybody else that did that, especially a church of the size and scope of the ministry of Watermark. So we're not making this up. We are set up. And again, I wanna thank those of you that set us up to have an environment like this that we can gather in and then have resources like this that we can broadcast out of. We are gonna continue to do this for the days ahead. Um, even if shelter in place becomes something that is necessary, we are gonna to continue to do everything we can to uh, provide this social service, to do this educating, to um, broadcast this news. So as long as there's school and social services and news, you're gonna find this uh, being provided for you, uh, Lord willing. That is our intention. It is really great to be with you all. Thank you for letting me have the privilege of, of joining you, of stepping into your room um, on iPhones and iPads and Apple TVs, on Roku and all the other different ways, Facebook Live, um, all the different ways that we're trying to make all these mediums available to you. So I, I just wanna take a second and um, cover just some announcements and then also talk a little bit about what our responsibility is. Last week I read um, a little excerpt from an essay that a guy named C.S. Lewis did called um, Believers in an Atomic Age or, or, or what it basically means to um, live with faith in an atomic age. This week, I want you to hear from somebody who lived about 400 years before C.S. Lewis. His name is Martin Luther, who went through a real plague. And I'm not saying that the coronavirus isn't um, a real virus. I don't know if I'd call it a plague yet, but um, it is certainly a pandemic. Let's just call it that. That's the word that everybody else is using. And so I'm gonna read to you from Martin Luther. First of all, though, uh, if you were part of um, getting ready to be on our live stream, you uh, saw some different slides that rolled because we want you to know about some things that are coming up. So let me just make sure that you hear a few things. And actually what we're gonna do is pitch to a, a little commercial, right? We're gonna give you a little live spot right here that's gonna tell you about, I think one of the most exciting things we're gonna do in the days ahead, this thing called Watermark TV. So um, if we're ready, we'll just roll a little bit from our show host and producers. Here we go. Hey guys, Adam here. Want to let you know that next week we are launching Watermark TV. What? Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. You're a part of it. Yes. Well, there you saw it right there. Starting.
tomorrow, our, our hard launch is at 7 p.m. tomorrow night, but I'll give you a little inside information since you're with us this morning. We will be broadcasting at 10 in the morning every day. We'll be broadcasting at noon. We'll be broadcasting at two, and we'll be broadcasting at seven with kind of our main stage anchor show. Here's what's gonna happen at 10 o'clock. We're gonna just have a time of just communal prayer where we'll take live requests to pray for you and also just give you some guided prayer. We'll, we'll, we'll take a moment, we'll just say, let's pray these things together. And so at 10 o'clock every morning, uh, we'll be with you for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to just pray for one another and to guide you in prayer for others. At noon, uh, you may know that I've been doing a live Devo every day, somewhere in that five to 10 minute range. And then I've been having some fun answering some questions live. We're calling it Real Truth Real Quick, real time, uh, just Real Truth Real Quick live. And uh, we're gonna continue that. So tomorrow I'll do a little Devo because tomorrow night inside our seven o'clock show is when we're gonna kind of debut the live Real Truth Real Quick. But tomorrow we'll do Devo and maybe just tip our hat to it. But then Tuesday at noon in earnest, we're gonna start Real Truth Real Quick live. So every day you can jump in and um, we'll discuss situations about life, leadership, and the world we live in from a biblical perspective, answering the questions that you wanna to send to us. If you just go to rtrq at watermark.org, you can submit some of those questions in advance, but we'll take them live as well, okay? Almost all of those are filmed very extemporaneously. At two, we, uh, I often say here on Sunday morning that this, what we do every week is a pastor's conference, and so at two o'clock, Myself and John McGee and Adam Tarno will do um, our church leaders podcast live where we are actually, there's about 1,400 churches that over the years have reached out to us that we have a relationship with that we try and equip and we try and serve. And so we're gonna be doing what we can to serve those church staffs and the leaders at their churches. And we wanna equip the leaders at our church. So at two o'clock, we're gonna do a church leaders podcast live that will equip you um, with resources that will help you be the leader that God wants you to be in that little outpost right where you are. And so that's at two o'clock. And then at seven o'clock is where we'll have our anchor desk. There will be some levity and some laughter, but there will be some learning and some equipping and lots of encouragement. Uh, totally family appropriate at seven o'clock every night live. So that's what we're gonna do in the foreseeable future. It's pretty exciting. Uh, we have such a gifted team here that's been working hard all week and we hope you join us at Watermark TV. The other thing I wanna let you know about is um, a kid's kit. So today, when I'm done, um, we will actually direct you to a time where dad, mom, you can be the priest in your home that God always expects you to be. And so we have put together age-appropriate equipping for children. For two to five-year-olds, for uh, kindergarten through third grade and through fourth and fifth grade. And that kid's kit, let me just throw you a slide right now so you can know where that is. We'll come back to this at the end, but there it is. If you go to watermark.org slash kids kit, you will have an opportunity to have that equipping there and ready for you. And then lastly, um, I wanna make sure that you have all this information. And the way to get this information is through what we call the current. I'm gonna create a little name for our daily communication with one another. If you go to watermark.org, and here comes a slide for that, watermark.org with a backslash, I guess, current or the current, both of them work. I tried them both yesterday. So here comes the slide, watermark.org current. Well, even better, the lower third. So um, that's where you can sign up. If you're not already getting those, okay, um, sign up and every day you'll get our programming information on Watermark TV, 
some key reminders. You'll have backlinks to devos that I've done um, already on that, you know, noon times all last week. I hope you've been joining me um, just to encourage you with a little bit from God's word every day. Okay, that's enough of the announcements. Let me just take a second and um, tell you why this chair is here. In a little bit, my friend uh, David Leventhal, when I'm done with the message on First Thess, we're gonna dive back into that book and you're gonna see there's a verse in here that's just so incredibly relevant today as all of God's word always is. We're gonna go to First Thess in a moment, but then I'm gonna show you with David how we study God's word. So after the message, um, we're gonna equip you and turn you onto a resource that's gonna let you be able to feed yourself. All right, church? It's gonna be amazing. Uh, before we get to, though, the message part, I wanna just encourage you a little bit with um, some truth about what's going on in situations like this, okay? So if you just go back in history, and one of the great things to do is to watch the way different folks um, were confronted with challenges like we are throughout their particular lifetime. You know, Martin Luther, who we all know is part of the Reformation where um, he wasn't trying to create a denomination. He wasn't trying to start something that tore one part of the church away from another. He was trying to reform the church that he was a part of, which is what we are always doing. I want you to know, I'm a reformer. I, 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 the most often prayed prayer for Watermark is this. It's in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. I pray it for myself. I pray it for our leaders. I pray it for our church because I don't know what it is right now that we're doing that's not exactly what Jesus wants us to do, but I'm sure there's something. And I'm just praying all the time, God, would you just show me? So here's the verse. In Psalm 139, 23, 24, I pray this all the time. God, search me and, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. It then says, see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. We are all individuals that need to be constantly being transformed by the word of God and reforming ourselves. We need, I know I do, some reformation because the Bible says God's goal is to conform me to the image of his son and I know I'm not there yet. So Martin Luther was a reformer. He wasn't trying to create a schism or a faction in the church. He was trying to make the church what it should be. Uh, little side note. I saw yesterday that the church that Martin Luther reformed from, which is the, the church that was in Rome, what you know as the Roman Catholic Church, it's just usually called Catholic. Uh, the Pope just acknowledged that, hey, we're not able to do what we're telling you you need to do to receive the grace of God, which is um, priestly confession. And so he announced yesterday that it's okay just to confess your sins to God during this time while there's a plague. And I, I just, uh, you can go to my Twitter account, it's at, at Words and Wags, and I just made a comment uh, and I just said, hey, to say it another way, you are now able to do what James 5.16 uh, has always called you to do, which is to confess your sins to one another and to pray for one another so that you might be healed. We are all priests. It's the effective prayer of a righteous man that can accomplish much. And what makes us righteous is not some order of service but the ordination that comes from God, who when you confess your sins and you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, allows you to be a part of the kingdom of priests that is the church. So we confess our sins to God that we might be forgiven and we confess our sins to one another, the scripture says, so we can pray for each other and experience the grace and the healing and the touch of restoration. All right, 
Check my Twitter account and you'll see a little bit uh, more about that particular comment right there. So folks, um, somebody wisely said a little bit ago that, uh, and just like that, God made us all homeschoolers. <laughs> and it looks like just like that, God as he always intended made us all priests. So go to your father much in prayer. Ask him to show us your servant leaders and to show each of us what is not his in our life, that we can repent and that we can be conformed in his image. So I'm always praying, just like Martin Luther was, just for God to reform us, to make us more of the church he wants us to be. And we've been praying that for you in your home. So Martin Luther was confronted with the uh, bubonic plague. The bubonic plague was um, a little bit worse, <laughs> a lot worse, both because of the lack of developed healthcare system at the day, and a lot of folks had no idea what was going on with the bubonic plague. Just to give you an idea, um, in 1347, when the bubonic plague hit Europe, over 60%, 60% of the population died. It was an awful disease. It, it caused high fevers and um, large weeping boils would come on the, on the body. And people didn't really know, you know how it was spread, it turns out. We know it was spread by both in, infected fleas and then also it was um, transmitted through the air, a, a lot like the coronavirus can be. But the coronavirus, I've not heard anybody say it's doing what the bubonic plague did, that it creates large weeping boils. By the way, just a really interesting thing. It was called the bubonic plague. And that's why later when you would fall and scrape your knee, they would call it a boo-boo. There's a mark on your body that comes. I just love words. It comes from that idea that there was something in your body that shouldn't be there. Now, thankfully, most of our boo-boos are not the bubonic plague, all right? But I wanna tell you, that's what Martin Luther was in the middle of. Um, there was one person, I have this quote down here. Let me read it to you. It said that, that this is what a medieval doctor believed, that instantaneous death occurs when the aerial spirit escapes from the eyes of the sick man, strikes the healthy person standing near, looking at the sick. They believe just the eyes of a sick person on you would give you the plague because they didn't understand how it was being transmitted. What was very clear during that day and age was you stayed away from sick people. Now, in light of that, there was another pastor in Germany his name was John Huss, and John Huss was also a reformer in Germany, and he asked Martin Luther, what should we do? Uh, Martin Luther actually was commanded by um, the guy that was his prince, if you will, the elector of Saxony, who loved Martin Luther, said, get out of there. You gotta, you gotta move. His name was John the Steadfast, and he said, Martin Luther, don't you be steadfast. Get the heck out of town, because the plague is here. And so Huss wrote Luther and said, should we leave? And I want to read this to you because I think there's tremendous application here. Um, it's not necessarily wrong to flee death. We see in scripture when Saul was throwing spears, you know, at David, David wasn't wrong uh, to leave the presence of those throwing spears. But that's a little bit different than when we leave people that are suffering. Um, our doctors uh, take a sacred oath to do all they can to save people. And I hope you're praying for our healthcare workers. Those doctors and those nurses um, are working multiple shifts around the world. And we're just so grateful for their ministering spirits. I, I spent some time with our friends at the clinic this week. Um, and they're just doing an amazing job of caring for those that are physically suffering. And I would just tell you that we likewise have a sacred calling and have taken a sacred oath. 
and that is to be the hands and feet of Christ. And so while we don't need to welcome death, we don't abandon the hurting. In Matthew 25, Jesus says, when you care for the least of these, the sick and the, the, the naked, those uh, who are imprisoned, um, probably there because of persecution, not just because of crimes they committed, but specifically those that are suffering because an oppressive king has put them in jail because they won't stop preaching the gospel. He says, when you go and care for them and visit them, you're caring for me. So it is when we care for one another in our sickness, in our distress. I, I personally would not remove myself from an opportunity to care for somebody just because it might hurt me. That's our calling, to do nothing from self and just or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, consider one another as more important than ourselves. All right, don't merely look out for your own personal interests, church. Having yourself the same attitude, which is in Christ Jesus. So here's Luther's response. It was uh, an answer to the question is whether one may flee in the midst of a deadly plague. Are you ready? Let me read it to you. This is what he said. He said, you ought to think this way. Very well, by God's decree, the enemy has sent a pestilence. So I said, he said, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall administer medicine and take it personally. He continues, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others. Let me just read that again. Church, this is what we should be doing. It's why as good citizens, we are choosing not to gather in a larger assembly today. The Dallas Morning News asked me to write an op-ed, I think online today, about whether or not um, the church is uh, making a mistake by not assembling together. And so you won't be surprised when you read it. So if you hear me say all the time, but I tried to equip the city of Dallas and others are gonna read it, that the church is not a place you go to. The church has always been a people gathered. And the way you're gathering right now, moms and dads and community groups in your home, um, the church can go to work right where it's at. And what worship is, is not what we do here on Sunday morning. That's worship with a small W. Worship with a capital W is what we do 24 seven. So um, I'll tweet out that article or I'll probably, it's probably behind some paywall. So uh, I'll put it on uh, Words and Wags and I'll tweet out the link so you can read that article. We'll get that out a little bit later today, but just be reminded. But I wanna read to you that sentence again because being a good neighbor and loving others means sometimes we don't go where we're not needed. So let's read that sentence one more time. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order to not become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others. Luther continues to write. He then says, if people in a city were to show themselves bold in a faith when a neighbor's need so demands and cautious when no emergency exists, and if everyone would help ward off contagion as best he can, then the death, hole, death toll would indeed be moderate. Do you see that? What Luther is saying in his little letter, you know, titled, um, Whether One May Flee in the Midst of a Plague, he says, we should be bold in faith when a neighbor's needs demands. And we should be cautious when no emergency exists. And if we would do this, there'd be a whole lot less trouble. And then finally, he says this, but if some covenanted, we'll just flip it over right here. Uh, if, if, if some um, are too panicky and desert their neighbors in their plight, and if some are so foolish as to not take precautions, but only aggravate the contagion, then the devil has a heyday and many will die. So, so amazing. In a much worse situation with a much more severe virus or plague, Luther just said, don't be panicky. Don't desert your neighbors in their plight. And don't be so foolish as to not take precautions and therefore aggravate 
the contagion, because that's gonna allow the work of the devil, which is always to steal, kill, and destroy, to have a heyday. Let's not do that, church. All right, uh, we'll post that so you can go back and look at it. Isn't it amazing how valuable history is when you go back and look at how wise men filled with the Spirit have encouraged and helped others? It's why we're about to study God's Word, because it is informed by the Spirit, and it's gonna make us wise.